Well, glamping is an area of the micro-tourism sector which has enjoyed significant growth in recent years. My next guest, David Maxwell from Further Space, is using a profit-sharing model with its landowner partners to achieve growth with its glamping pods. David, before we enter the world of glamping, I'd like to find out about your own career. Well, Carl, I have a, I have a financial background. Then I moved from finance within telecoms to uh, manufacturing within timber frame houses um, and then subsequently met my current business partner, Peter, um, and we started manufacturing pods for the tourism market. And then about four years ago, we pivoted into further space, mainly to generate a recurring revenue stream off the pods that we used to manufacture and sell into the retail tourism market. Glamping, of course, is a recent phenomenon, but due to its popularity, there are many operators in the space. So how do your pods stand out from the crowd? Well, it's, it's not just the pod car, it's, it's the whole package. I mean, further space um, as a brand, I mean, we're all about taking um, our family and loved ones and disconnecting them from the day to day and kind of reconnecting them with nature. I mean, our pods are state-of-the-art boutique hotel rooms in places where you would never get bricks-and-mortar buildings. And then what we do is we acquire the customer on behalf of our landowner partners. Um, we then provide a, a paid maintenance service, um, booking reg- reservations, uh, customer service, financial packages. Uh, and then what we do is we, we, we basically button all of that up under the umbrella uh, and then go into a profit share with the landowner over 10 years. What's your outlook for the next five to ten years in relation to glamping? Is it going to taper off or is it going to continue growing? Well, Further Space was born out of a research study. So like a lot of businesses out there, the the founders tend to pick a name and an idea and crack on. When we pivoted away from retail, um, retail pods to Further Space, we actually went to a company in Dublin and we took a cross section from Ireland and a cross section from GB and we tested out all of our business model assumptions on those focus groups. Those focus groups ultimately told us that there was an opportunity within Ireland that glamping has yet to be defined and it's a growing market. And I reckon that glamping over the next three or four years is going to probably grow by four to five percent year on year, hence our continued investment into that space. And in terms of the pods themselves, are they manufactured by further space or have you outsourced that and if so, to where? We do manufacture at the minute, um, but we're, 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 we're just about to announce a production partner to feed the, uh, the scale that we have in line. We've just released our bit of vision there um, back in the 31st of May uh, of this year. And you mean our objective is to put 500 pods across 85 locations uh, across the UK, Ireland um, over the next three to four years. Um, off the back of that, in order to scale at that rate, um, we don't have the capacity to make those pods ourselves. So we will rely on uh, production partners to help us do that. And hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we've got some really exciting news to, to, to announce on that. And how are you funding this growth, David? Well, to date, Carl, it's been a com- combination of uh, private equity and debt funding. Um, and then as the portfolio builds, then um, the business then becomes uh, self-sufficient. The analogy that I like to use is that we're building a 500-bed hotel and distributing them in batches of fives and sixes across the country, ultimately then entering into a profit share model with our partners. We'll discuss the profit share model in a second. But first, talk to us about the success which you've enjoyed in both Northern Ireland and Scotland. 
Well, I mean, further space, we've nine, we've nine glamping sites across Northern Ireland and Scotland, and we opened our first site there in Wexford, Fourth Mountain, with our partner James O'Connor, uh, specifically at Fourth Mountain Stud. And Fourth Mountain Stud has enjoyed uh, incredible success over the summer. Um, it's only been open maybe six or seven weeks, but we're, we're in the high 80s, even low 90s occupancy there. And that's an incredible run rate with uh, such a short um, booking window and opening just a few weeks ago. And how would you define your target market for those that are actually staying in these pods? What age profile are they? Are they families? Are they couples? Well, our pods cater for families and couples. So we've got we've got mum and dad in, in the bed and we've got uh, bunk beds for the kids. And even if you had an infant, you mean our land, our partner, landowner partners, they offer um, complimentary travel cots for a young infant so we could technically fit five in. They also cater for couples. So we're seeing anywhere from 24 right up to 65. Talk to us about the profit sharing incentive that you have for these landowners and how it will work. So in a nutshell, you mean our, our, our partners can generate anywhere from eight to ten thousand pounds per pod per annum. And that's made up of the accommodation revenue that further space share and then the non-accommodation revenue that the landowners get to keep a hundred percent off. So if you take for example the Wexford site, we have six pods on the Wexford site, that could generate anywhere from ten to fifteen thousand people per annum. The, the, our partner gets to use use that as a shop front. I mean, so, so James has a stud farm uh, and there's lots of activities around Fourth Mountain for James to collaborate with activity providers. Further Space are only interested in sharing the revenues generated from the overnight stay and not the non-accommodation revenue. Um, so in turn, we, we supply the pod, um, we supply a booking platform, we acquire the customer um, we've then got customers and reservations function, and um, we've got a paid pod maintenance function, uh, and then we deliver the landowner twelve financial statements every year. Um, so it's 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 almost like doing it yourself, only you've got this larger business in the background taking care of your marketing, taking care of your bookings, and taking care of your business administration. Now, what type of sites specifically do you require for a glamping pod site? The sites we're looking for is anywhere probably from a, from an acre on uh, an acre upwards, Carl. And um, I mean, we're looking for places that are off the beaten track, um, that 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 either little secluded secret hideaways, or for example, with Glenarm Estate in Northern Ireland, they have views of the bay overlooking the ocean, and it's absolutely incredible. So, anywhere in between. What I would say is that anybody can apply to be a partner. They just go to further.space forward slash partners um, and, and take a look at the information. And we've got a team in behind the scenes there that can that can take potential partners through the process. So what costs are incurred by the landowner up front? And I'm thinking about things like, for instance, the preparation of a site for these glamping pods, a need for electricity, sewage and other services to them. What's involved? Well, that's a good question. Initially, the biggest risk for the landowner is the planning fee and the planning, the planning process. Um, once we secure planning, we, we then enter into convincing because we need the legal right to have pods on the ground. The landowners historically will, will spend anywhere from fifty to £100,000 on their site infrastructure. And um, it's electric, actually, which is the, the variable. So depending on how far you are from a mains connection will dictate where you sit on that range, Carl. Um, now, we have plenty of examples, um, both at the top end of that budget and at the low end of that budget. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're not putting our landowners through an undue process, knowing that it might be uneconomical. We're very upfront in making sure that 
and the landowners are making informed decisions at every step of the way. Who is responsible for the insurance? So the insurance, actually, we, we, we pay for our own insurances. So because our partners are opening up their land to the public, they require uh, public liability. Um, they also require a little bit of public liability inside the pod because under the arrangement, the landowner and the partner is, is uh, responsible for cleaning and housekeeping. Further space ensure the pod against total loss. So if somebody vandalised it or there was an act of God or whatever, then, then our insurance would kick in. Um, those two particular amounts sit outside the profit share. And finally, David, in terms of revenue projections, what figures do you expect to hit over the next three years? Well, we're we're hoping to double our revenue year on year for the next three years. So at the minute, we're we're, we're flirting with around 1.4, 1.5 million, and we expect that to double year on year over the next three years. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was David Maxwell from Further Space, and I'd like to thank David for sharing this interesting business model with us this morning. We're heading over next to the Wexford News Centre for the news at 11, but when we return, we'll be joined by John Beckett from Channelsite, whose technology is enabling business owners to measure the effectiveness of their marketing campaigns across all online channels. So do stay tuned for that.